With your limited vacation time, if you're going to Britain, the big question for many is, should you take time to visit the little country of Wales? Well, Welsh guide Martin Delandovitz would say yes, and he has some compelling reasons why Wales is well worth a stop in your itinerary. And Martin joins us right now in our studio to share those thoughts. Martin, thanks a lot for being here. Hello, and thank you. Now, Martin, I introduced Wales as a little country. You're part of the United Kingdom. Is Wales a country? Wales is a country, and uh, it's small. Mm -hmm. If you stretch a tape, it's 170 miles long. And it's at least, I want to point this out to you, 60 miles wide. 170 from north to south, yeah. 60 miles from Ulfa's Dyke to the coast. It's really, you, if you stretch the tape at the widest, it's about 130 wide. Ooh, but wow. that's right down at the bottom in the south there. And how big's the population ballpark? Three million. Three million Welsh people. And getting there from London? I would say by train, depending on which part of Wales, somewhere between two and a half and four hours. So you're you know, three or four hours from uh, Wales, from London. That's actually yes. quite accessible. Very accessible. You're very close to Bath and the Cotswolds. And when, you're, when you're When you're touring Liverpool or, or Chester or the Cotswolds, remember, the next step over is Wales. Now, if you're deciding what you want to see in Wales, a lot of people think, well, i got to go to the north or the south. They don't have a lot of time. How would you help people decide which is which. I know you're from the north, so you might yes. be biased that way, but uh, give the give the south a, a fair shake here and then compare it to the north. Right. If you're going to South Wales, the capital of Wales is in the southeast. That's Cardiff. And Cardiff, for those who haven't been there, it's, it's a well-kept secret. I was talking to a traveler from the United States, and he was bowled over by Cardiff. He thought it was lovely. And then the whole of the South Wales coast is just... Lovely castles. I mean, Tintern Abbey. Everybody's heard of Tintern Abbey. How about Chepstow Castle, the oldest stone-built castle in Britain? Wow. I know. How about Pembroke Castle, the birthplace of Henry Tudor, who was to become Henry VII, King of England? Also, we think of uh, mining up in the north, but there are, are mines to see in the south also. Yeah. There's the, a thing called the Big... Uh, big Pit, yeah. The Big Pit, yeah. You see, the south was coal, iron, and steel. The north was slate. And Cardiff was, uh, it was a very big player in the industrial age for it was, uh, as a port. It used to vie and beat sometimes New York on tonnages. Uh -huh. The difference being New York's cargoes were many and varied, whereas Cardiff's cargo was coal. Just coal. Coal. So it was the coal capital of the world. It was. We if drove you, the navies of the world. If you want to really pump anything into the atmosphere, you can really go to Cardiff and be in high gear. A long, long time ago, when a it was long, relatively long small. Time ago, yeah. But if you go to 1900, there are 115 coal mines in the Ronda Valley. Gosh, for the last 40 years, there are none. None. They're just museums now, really. Yeah, they are. You know, I, I was walking through a museum in in Britain, and uh, coal really was a thing of the past that way. I mean, it used to be the the engine of the Industrial Revolution. It was the primary employer in a lot of regions in Wales and in in England, and now it's in the museums. It is. It's interesting to think that Wales, purely by its natural resources and, of course, the work power, became the hub of the Industrial Revolution. And you think that Britain led the Industrial Revolution. I'm afraid they did. Mm -hmm. And so not only did we get the benefits of that, yes, Welsh steam coal did drive the navies of the world. But, of course, nowadays when we think more of environmental consequences of extractive industries, Wales also suffered all the, um, let's say, disadvantages the of industrialization, yes. What would those have been? Well, terrible disaster. For an awful example, 
1966. Coal, of course, has oil in it. Coal waste tip just slid down onto the town of Abedavan and went in and basically buried a school and oh, yes. killed a generation of children. That was featured on an episode in The Crown, uh, and it was really a very emotional it is scene. A, it's a tragic thing. And uh, the coal industry was such that people didn't get paid a lot for working there, so you had a, a poor working class in Wales that really shaped the sort of culture that we have in, in Wales to this day, that heritage. It did. It also shaped the demography of Wales in that it was industry that drew people together, and therefore you got industrialization and urbanization, people moving into towns. Mm-hmm. Towns appeared for the first time mm. because before the Industrial Revolution, Wales was a relatively small and scattered population. Right. The increase in the population, frightening. Well, getting back to your uh, travel friend there, Cardiff is an amazing city to see. It's the it's one of the most surprising cities, and it's worth checking out. Just very near Cardiff is St. Fagan's Open Air Folk Museum, and this takes all the traditional aspects of Welsh culture, collects it there for the, the national heritage, and anybody can visit that. It's a remarkable museum if you want to see traditional lifestyles in, in, last, you know, in the 1800s and early 1900s. We've got an amazing castle, Carefilly Castle. Carefilly. Carefilly was uh, renovated a bit, but I'd put in a huge mega plug for Chepstow. If you're a real Chepstow. castle, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Chepstow. And it's a nice town also. You can Chepstow's enjoy the town and town. just walk down and yeah. see the castle. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Wales with Martin Delandovitz. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And you can email us anytime at radio at ricksteves.com. Lena is on the line from Kirkland in Washington State. Lena, thanks for your call. Thank you. Hello. Hey. Have you been to Wales? I did. I had an absolute adventure there. I drove from um, Cardiff up north to the west and down basically in a circle for a week around the entire Mm. country. And it was an absolute dream trip. And um, I, I learned quite a bit. And I can't tell you how lovely it was. And I do plan to go back, actually. So, uh, so, Lena, you drove for a week around Wales. Tell us the top three or four places that you stopped, or the most uh, um, the most enjoyable. I, I, okay, so food. Cardiff has fantastic food and drink. Culturally, and to see historic sites, obviously the North uh, really enjoyed Conway, and obviously, um, pardon me if I butcher the names, but Carnarvon. Carnarvon, um, yeah. I did. Well said. E- each of those towns has a, a just a a staggeringly powerful old medieval castle and as a a sort of a garrison town in a wall built at the foot of the castle. They do. Um, It just, it was completely amazing. Then on the way down, uh, definitely the Snowdonia National Park, I did get a chance to climb the mountain. Did you actually Uh, climb it it yourself or did you take the train? I did. It's not very big, so it, it really was doable on foot and spectacular, absolutely spectacular. The gardens, Bodnant. Bodnant, yeah, lovely, isn't it? Thank you. Well done. Tell, describe those gardens, because yeah. I'm I'm not even that into gardens, and I was just enchanted by those gardens. It's like being inside a fairy tale. I oh. mean, I really just don't have the words. There is, <laughs> it is so spectacularly green, and it's like trellises I don't know, it's like that uh, Rivendale in Lord of the Rings. It's the closest thing I can describe it. Martin, it's really uh, that pretty. Briefly, Martin, what is Bolton and Gardens? How Bolton, can it be so beautiful? Uh, uh, Bolton and Gardens is in the Conway Valley, so it's it's very near the coast, and it's just a private garden, the Potchin right. family. Most, not that old, 1900s, but it's famous for its rhododendrons, yeah. azaleas, and camellias. Oh. And, and handkerchief trees. 
But I, I've I, never seen one before. I know. And I'm, I'm along with Rick. I'm not a garden f- fan per se, but I love botanant. And then you circled yeah. back down to Carnarvon. Uh, give us one more stop that you enjoyed. There were show caves, national show caves. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, so there's like three or four um, show caves that you could go inside, and there's one that they call a cathedral that has these amazing salt formations hanging from the roof of it. It, it was just a, a spectacular place and also a fun place if you're with kids. But uh, I don't have kids, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Lena, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Bye, Lena. Take care. Bye-bye. And Laura's on the line from Cudahy in Wisconsin. Laura, when were you in Wales last? And uh, what, what my do you husband and I were there in 2017. Uh-huh. And we spent 12 days there, and we did all of our travel by bus and by train. Ah, Bus and train. Now, mm-hmm. as far as population, did you manage well by bus or train? We did. We like to travel by public transportation mm-hmm. on just about every trip we've taken. And one of my favorite memories was we were um, leaving Harlech, and we were at the train station, and there was a harpist who was playing on the platform there. And so you you heard this beautiful music, and there's gorgeous golden harp and you saw Harlot Castle in the background and it was oh. just it was just amazing and I just felt like we had so many moments of serendipity like that on this oh. trip. Oh, and Harlech is one of the most dramatic, visually dramatic castles. Harlech is amazing. H-A-R-L-E-C-H. And I've got a memory, Martin, when I was walking up to Harlech, there was a man stationed there playing his harp. Yeah, he hangs around there. And he's yeah. just there in the most scenic picture postcard spot and it's just it's, he's, he's very good and he's, yeah. he plays a Celtic harp not right. one of these great Italian Baroque harps right. and it's beautiful music and your pronunciation by the way of Harlech was wonderful and Laura knows how to speak Welsh that's good well Laura the, the harpist was just sort of an example of the the Welsh love of music and its rich heritage and you're surrounded by all that uh, the beautiful sights I mean it's just seems made to order for a traveler oh it, it, it was and we wish we could have stayed even longer. It was just an amazing trip going from from small town to small town in the north. Yeah. Hey, Laura, thank you so much for your call. You're welcome. Thank you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking Wales with our favorite Welsh guide, Martin Delandovitz. So, Martin, that was pretty impressive that Laura was traveling around by public transit because most people rent a car. Yeah, I mean... Buses don't come every five minutes, nor do trains. But if you arm yourself with a timetable for both mm-hmm. buses and trains, it's so doable. So don't be frightened of driving mm-hmm. on the wrong side of the road. You, you get others to do it for you. <laughs> That's good. Let's talk about the north. Uh, what are the, the highlights of the north if you're wondering where you should spend your precious vacation time when you're going to Wales? Well, there's the Snowdonia National Park with the great Mount Snowdon in the middle of it. And it's the highest mountain in Wales, higher than anything in England for that matter. And around there, the coastline is beautiful. If you take the National Park, just the Snowdonia National Park, it's not big, 827 square miles, but it's got something for everybody from Conry in the north to Machuntleth in the south and from Llanelhaeren in the west over to Bala in the east. Bala's the largest natural lake in Wales. Hmm. Snowdon's the highest peak. You have unique species. You have the Snowdon lily, you have the Snowdon beetle, 
And also you've got these amazing castles. You mentioned Absolutely. Conway, the Carnarvon is famous uh, yeah. for the uh, Prince of Wales. In fact, I met you. You used to be a guide at the castle of Carnarvon. That's where you had the misfortune to meet me. And Rick. my life has never been the same. Never been the same. When we look at these castles, we have to remember these amazing castles were the, the state of the art in their day in the 13th century. And these were not Welsh castles. No, Edward I conquered Gwynedd. Wales was a series of separate small principalities, like kingdoms, only with a prince at the head. And Edward I was a very, very powerful So this king. is how the King of England, really, from London... Uh, kept the people of Wales down as, as England yes, consolidated their rule. But, you know, if people say he conquered Wales. No, 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 no. He conquered Gwynedd. Look where he built his castles, only in the north. That's where he conquered. Oh, that's true, isn't it? Because yeah. you think of these great castles uh, of Edward of Edward I. Uh, I like it. You call it the fist of iron. These There's five castles that are just like, how could anybody in those days ever stand up against that? And the Welsh did. The Welsh were pretty feisty for oh, yeah. indigenous I mean, people. Carnarvon, the most expensive castle ever built by a king of England, was overrun by the Welsh of Gwynedd in 1294. So no mean feat. No, really. So you've got great national park. You've got the mountain, Snowdon. You've got uh, big castles. You've got uh, the slate industry. You can tour mm-hmm. slate mines and go into the slate. You know, there's also sort of the Blackpool or the Brighton or the Coney Island of, of Wales up in the north. What is the town? Thrill. I know. I'm thinking of, uh, is it London? Oh, no, no, it's not Coney Island. You see, Thrill used to be the fanfares, the the buzzing bells and the Mm -hmm. whatever. But Llandidno was always a genteel resort. Okay. It has none of the gaming arcades, the slot machines, and it maintained and has always maintained its sort of genteel air. So this is Llandidno. Llandidno. Okay, how do we spell that? Double L A N D U D N O. Clandidno. Clandidno. And so that's the elegant sort of resort destination in Victorian times. And then where's the tacky Coney Island? What's Hrill. Hrill. How do you spell that? R H Y L. All right, so two different ones, both on the north coast of Wales? Yes. Okay, now, Clandidno. I was charmed by that. It's, it's a it's, beautiful place. It is lovely. I mean, this, the coast, the bay is lovely, and it has maintained its quality. It refuses to compromise that. Very popular with British tourists. And, Martin, when we're talking about Wales, it's distinct from England because it's Celtic, like yes. Ireland and, and like Scotland. Yes. How, how did that happen? England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, some is Celtic, some is not. Yeah, what, what happens is it's climate change, a very topical thing. Climate change forces migration. And from the area, let's say Austria, Switzerland, people move in all directions, but some end up in Britain. And You're then, talking a long, long time ago. I'm talking they would arrive on the south coast of Britain at about 1,000 BC and then move northwards. Driven by climate change? Driven by climate change, yes. Oh, okay. Increasing rainfall, uh, lowering in temperatures. So just out of desperation, they migrated away from their historic homelands, crossed the English Channel, which wasn't called the English Channel then, no. and pushed the indigenous people they found? Yes, they did. I mean, they settled. I mean, the amount of pushing and conflict is debatable. But then, of course, came the Romans. And when the Romans left, here come the Anglo-Saxons, English, and they sweep across England. Arthur, Arthur, a king. He wasn't a king. He was a military leader. He was probably about five feet tall, rode a horse as big as a sheep, had body lice and a very nervous temperament. But <laughs> say, Sean, that, say that again, he rode a horse as big as a sheep? <laughs> big as a large sheep, probably. <laughs> but Sean Connery sells films better. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he was 
ultimately, you have to say, a failure because the Anglo-Saxons took what they wanted, but they came to the rugged wastes of Wales and said, oh, we don't want that. So bottom line, the, the uh, second-rate terrain was left to the Celtic people. That's right, New Scotland. And, and to this day, um, it's been a struggle economically, uh, and now things are getting together in the modern age, but you've got Celtic people taking the fringes of the British Isles. Yes, if you like, yeah. And in Wales, the Celtic um, culture is strong and proud to this day. It's the strongest. It's stronger than that of Ireland or, or indeed that of Scotland. It is where I live out in the far west. It's the further you get from England, the more Welsh culture becomes. So you, if you come to my town, Carnarvon, you have well over 95% of the people use Welsh every day, all day in the streets. Is that right? Yeah, and school is taught in Welsh, so that if you want to learn physics, it's in Welsh. If you learn Welsh, it's in Welsh. If you learn English, it's in Welsh. I first met Martin Delandovitz years ago at his home base in Carnarvon, where the locals have taken to calling him Mr. Castle, thanks to the stories he shares of the town's famous landmark. Martin co-founded Historic Tours Wales back in 1982 to offer local guiding services. Their website is historictourswales.com. And Martin, if a traveler wants to, let's just finish off this uh, little discussion of Wales with, if a traveler wants to feel the, the charm and, and, and the, just the glow of the Welsh culture in one experience that is accessible to a traveler, what would you do? I would have to say the, the male voice choir is archetypal. You don't have to climb that far to stand in the hills of Wales and get that feeling. Listening to a choir, you can visit the museum. St. Fagans, you mentioned it, Rick. Wonderful museum to visit. It is. There is so much, but for my money, it's the natural beauty, the rugged coast, the deep valleys. It's a truly beautiful country, and it's a very well-kept secret. If you think about it, everybody knows about Scotland. They've got a picture in their head of a man right. in a kilt. Yeah. England, they've got roast brief, John Bull, William Shakespeare. Very few people have a m mental picture of Wales. Sometimes it's a coal miner with a hat and right. a lamp, but that's all past. Okay, well, paint me the the picture that we're going to get lost in the pristine grandeur of nature in Wales. Very deep valleys. Uh, in the north where I come from, deep valleys, heavily glaciated, so they're deep. They're Black steep. rock and green, green... Very nature. green grass, beautiful yeah. lakes. And then beautiful rivers. Oh, really? And unspoiled, that's the thing, unspoiled. Snowdon and the towns of the north, they're big attractions, but if you just... Step back a little. You're on your own. So and take a hike. Take a walk in Take Wales. a walk in Wales. Martin, thanks so much for Thank joining us. Thank you for having me, Rick. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. In my latest book, For the Love of Europe, you can savor Europe's most exciting experiences and sights through a hundred of my favorite travel stories. Imagine hanging from an alpine ridge, dancing at a Turkish circumcision party, and swinging with a bell ringer in a medieval church spire. You can order your copy of For the Love of Europe at ricksteves.com.